Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We're a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say, welcome home, as we jump into today's service. This morning, man, God is so good. So honored and blessed to have all of you. We had an incredible marriage conference yesterday. I see husbands smiling all over this room this morning. I'm telling you, nine months from now, we're going to have a big baby dedication. Woo! We had a great time yesterday. Uh, and uh, today, you guys are just in for an incredible treat because uh, somebody that's a, a mentor to me, that's been a spiritual father to me for years and years, and uh, truly is one of my greatest friends, somebody that has helped me and, and helped this place in ways that I can't even begin to, to describe, literally. I would not be here today doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for this man. One of the greatest communicators, one of the greatest leaders that I've ever met anywhere on planet Earth. So if you would, King South, would you stand to your feet and welcome our dear friend, Pastor Frankie Powell. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Hey, stay standing just one second. Give your incredible pastors and team, will you do that? They are awesome. Now give Jesus a big shout. Come on. All right. Thank you. You can be seated. Look at the person next to you and say, you're the best thing I've seen all day. Come on. Man, man, man. What a great, great place. We love this place. So honored to be here today and appreciate this opportunity. And the marriage conference was fun yesterday. Amen. And, uh, and I tell you, I come, I've, I've been here many times over the last five years, but I got more pressure on me today than I've ever had when I come because uh, for the first time back in September the 18th last year, my wife preached here and she's a hard act to follow. So I feel the pressure today, I tell you. And this is just the second time we've been able to come together. Stand up, baby. Let them see my hot smoking wife. Come on. Yeah. Now, I love this series that, uh, that we're in here at King's House with all my heart. And, and today, I, I just want to jump in the middle of that series and just talk about lose to win today. Just lose to win. And, and this is what I mean. This, 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 is, this is our life right here. And all of us come to Jesus with our life already packed up and everything. We, you know, I don't know where, what your faith journey was. I don't know when you accepted Christ or what brought you to Christ. And, and uh, maybe it was a crisis in your life. Maybe you came to a marriage conference like yesterday. Or maybe you came, showed up at Celebrate Recovery because you had a, a monkey on your back and you were struggling with addiction. Maybe divorce, maybe death, maybe a doctor's report. I don't, I don't know what brought you to Christ. But you came to Christ and, and accepted him as your Lord and Savior. But you got to admit, when you come, when you, when you got to him, your life, your life was like this suitcase here. It was already pretty packed, pretty packed with your time, pretty stressed out financially. 
you know, and, and you had all of this and, and you love God. He just radically did something in your life. And, and God's a big God. And what he did was big. What he did was big. But man, how are you going to get him in your life? And so you kind of struggle for a week or two, maybe a month or two. And then you find how you can fit Jesus in your life. And that's what you do. That's why you're here today. This, this is your day for Jesus. And we kind of fit him into our lives. And then it doesn't really work well. See, Jesus said this. In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he, he made it plain. He said, he, said, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, your own life. All, all that you came to me with, you, you've got to give that up and, and take up your cross. He, he went to the cross. He died for our sins. He paid it all. He took care of everything that kept us separated from God. And, and then he says, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily, not just on Sunday morning, but daily and follow me. It's not, it's not what happened six weeks ago, six months ago, 50 years ago. It's what, follow me today. Every day, I want you to follow me. And, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of you, uh, maybe it was different for you. Maybe, maybe you came to Christ early in your life. Maybe, maybe you were a young person before you packed all of this. And, and this right here, let's just, let's just get it straight. This side is your job and your sleep. I mean, you gotta sleep and you gotta work. And that's a big part. That's two thirds of your life. And maybe you started off like this with Jesus, but then life began to happen, you know? And like everything else, you got an iPhone. The latest, the greatest, the best. And social media takes up a lot of your time and you got to take pictures all the time. I mean, I was taking them during worship. Come on, I got to have some memories of this incredible day. In fact, I had to get a later version it's got a better camera i needed it okay and then you know like all of us you know uh, i i got an ipad and and my ipad i'm not a typer i never learned to type so i need the pen by apple to write in my ipad by apple you know and and then i i got a i got a heavy job i mean i got a lot of responsibility i need some time to relax so i got a hobby maybe yours is hunting maybe it's fishing maybe it's racing i don't know what it, mine is golf golf's kind of pricey but i've learned to adjust i've fitted in and and i love my golf time you know and uh and and i be honest with you my ipad really got too small so i needed the ipad pro cuz i really need to look at tiktok i'm learning them dances you know what i mean and I need to be able to really see how I can do all that stuff. And then I got, that takes up a lot of time too. I mean, I got to stay up on, on TikTok. And then, you know, my son playing football, that's a heavy schedule. It used to just be three months out of the year, but now it takes up a lot of my time. And, and, and I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I got me an Apple TV because there's so much stress keeping my son in ball and, and working my job and keeping up with my, Apple products that I just need some downtime. So we're going to binge on Netflix this Saturday and just take the whole day and catch up on our latest series. And, 
And then I got my daughter. I got my daughter in baseball, and that's two nights a week. Besides, she also plays basketball, but that's just a hobby. She's going to play professional one day. I know. I can just see it. And, and in fact, it turned into travel ball. Sorry, Pastor Mark. I'm going to be out a few Sundays because I got to keep my daughter up with her. You know, it takes money. And I tell you, I tell you, with all that money, I've had to go back to school now. It's two nights a week. And it's on computer, but I got to put the time in because I got to get a better degree so I can get a better job and make more money so I can get my Apple Watch because, you know, I mean, it's, it's too much trouble pulling my phone out when it buzzes. I need to just be able to, you know, look at it. Even while I could preach, I could be checking my, you know what I'm saying. Come on, guys, you know it. And then, then I'm working, we're, we're adding a deck to our house, you know, so I'm working on that. And, 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 and then I got my favorite football team. That's about three, three and a half months out of the year. Roll Tide. Come on, somebody. All right. And I'll tell you, financially, I mean, all this, and we're going to Disney this year, so I got to save up for my vacation. And, man, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, maybe, maybe culture's kind of done that to you, and you started out like this. But the more of these things that you had to get in, you know, you got to get them in. I mean, come on. These are necessities. Come on, everybody. In fact, in fact, I exercise and I need something to listen to to pump me up. So I had to get some new earbuds too. And you just keep piling it in until, until you have to fit Jesus in. I wonder how that's working for you, you know? If you, if you were honest today, how, how's that working for you? Because I'm going to get it in here. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to get it in here. And I, oh, I can't leave my football out. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. I got, I got it. I got it. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety. Whew. Be honest with you. We're still paying for last year's vacation. <laughs> it's on credit cards. It's a little harder. See, there's a man named James in the Bible. He was the brother of Jesus, and, and he became a leader in the church after Jesus died and rose from the grave. And, uh, and there was a lot of Jews that came to Jesus almost immediately. Uh, Ten days after Jesus ascended into heaven, um, uh, 3,000 Jews came to Christ. And then it wasn't just a little time after that, 5,000 Jews. And all of these Jews uh, were coming to Jesus Christ and accepting Christ as their Savior. But then the Roman government began to persecute the church and, uh, and oppress the people. And they began to scatter. And when they scattered, they went into cultures that didn't know about Jesus, godless cultures, kind of like our culture, and they started mixing and mingling with those people and the culture began to press them into the culture's mode, kind of like what's happened to some of us, you know. And, and suddenly, James starts hearing about this and he finds out their prayers are not working anymore. They, they've kind of pushed God out of their life. And now they're actually fighting among themselves. When they first came to Christ, they were giving their land to the, to the people of God. They, they were dedicating their houses to God. Now they were killing people just trying to get more in their life. 
And James is writing a letter to all these people and he's talking to them from the spirit of God. Hey, I got a message from you. And I want to pick up right in the middle of a chapter, verse number four of James chapter four. This is what it says. Listen to these words. You are adulterers. Whoa. Now look, everybody, he's not talking about wife swapping. He's not talking about people who have committed affairs on their spouses. He's talking about your adulterers with God because God used to be big in your life. God used to be first in your life, but you kept piling in and pushing God out. Look what he goes on to say. Don't you know that making friends with this corrupt world order is open aggression toward God? So anyone who aligns with this bogus world system is declaring war against the one true God. You know what he's saying? He's not talking about pornography. He's not talking about gambling. He's not talking about adultery among affairs. He's just talking about becoming friendly with the world and doing and living like everybody else is living instead of keeping God number one in your life. That's what he's talking to these people. 2,000 years ago, he was telling them this. And look what he goes on to say. He says, do you think it is empty rhetoric when the scriptures say the spirit that lives in us is addicted to envy and jealousy? Do you know what he's really saying right there? He is saying the spirit God had put in us is jealous. God is jealous that we've pushed him out and made him small and we fell in love with all these other things and now we're putting them first in our life instead of putting God first. And God's a jealous God. He wants to be first in our lives. Now, I want you to understand why God is jealous and what he's jealous of. Watch this next verse, verse number six. You may think that this situation is hopeless, because you're looking at this and you're, I know some of you are already, you're feeling stress. I mean, it's tense. You're thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're describing my life. What are you fixing to do here? I mean, I mean, you just described where I'm at and you may feel it's hopeless. Like, what am I going to do? I wish I wasn't here. Where, where did this preacher come from? Oh, I'm telling you, let him get gone. Let's put him on a bus, ship him out of here. But see, watch what God says. But God gives us more grace when we turn away from our own interest. In other words, the whole reason you're here today is the grace of God in your life. You would have never come to Jesus had God not with his grace impressed upon your heart that you needed Jesus, that you needed God. So it was his grace that even brought you here. And then when you gave your life to God, his grace began to empower you. You began to love to worship. That's why you were yelling and clapping and raising your hands and weeping during the worship because of the grace of God flowing in your life. And God wants that grace to flow more. So watch what he says. That that's why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but pours out grace on the humble. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, I'm not proud. I'm not arrogant. Let me tell you, back in 1993, 94, I was pastoring a church. God was blessing it. The church was growing. And, uh, and one day I was in the auditorium. I was praying and just praying for the people and thanking God for what he was doing. And, and suddenly I just felt the spirit of God speak to my mind. He said, sit down. We had a platform with only two stairs so I could just sit down on it. And I sat down and God said, I want to talk to you about something. And so I was just like, oh, I'm finna get a new sermon series. This is going to be great. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God just spoke in my thoughts and he said, Frankie, he said, you have gotten so good at pastoring. He said, you are good. I'm thinking, thank you. 
He says, in fact, you've gotten so good, you're good with me or without me. Boom. I wonder, I wonder where that would fit in your life. You're, you're so good in some areas of your life, you don't need God in that area of your life. I can handle this. Like with your business, like with your business. You really don't want God in your business because the principles of business in the Bible don't, don't mix and mesh with business principles today. Come on, come on. So I, I want God in my marriage, but I can handle my business. Or maybe, maybe you're such a good mother that you don't need God to help you with that. You don't need, you don't need to read Proverbs 31. You don't, you don't need all that. You can handle mother. You had a good mother, she taught you how to be a good mother. I mean, what area? Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your marriage itself. That you're so good, you're good with God or without God, and you don't really need. And this is what God began to say to me. He said, Frankie, the problem with this is, is that nobody knows the difference. In other words, this is what he said to me. He said, you're sweeping the floor with a broom when I've given you a vacuum cleaner in the closet. You, he said, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to build your porch with a screwdriver when I've got a, I've got a power drill in your toolbox. He said, you're riding a bicycle uphill when I've got a Harley sitting in the garage, a Harley hog that'll get you down the road quicker. In other words, he said, Frankie, you're living so low a dimension of life that I have planned for you. I have so much more for you, but you've got to recognize you need me and humble yourself. I thought, God, I'm not proud. In fact, I was so humble, I was proud of being humble. Yeah, yeah. And then he says this, watch this, watch this. This is powerful. Verse number seven, look what God says. So submit yourself to the one true God and fight against the devil and his schemes. If you do, he, the devil, will run away in failure. You know what God was saying? He was saying, Right now, what area in your life is not working? Just like these people, these Jews, their prayers weren't being answered. What area in your life is not working? Could it be the area where you haven't submitted to God's word and what God says about that in your life, in your finances, in your relationships, in your business, in your church attendance, in, in any area, how you handle your neighbor next door that hates you and you hate them? God is saying, wherever you have pushed my word out, and you have taken on and doing it in your own strength, you're not gonna have any authority over the devil there. In other words, the only way you have authority over the devil in any area of your life is if you are submitted to God in that area of your life. If you're not submitted to God in that area of your life, you have no authority over the devil and the devil knows it because he's watching. It's kind of like this. We have a high school just like you do in the town I live in and and in the mornings when I'm headed out of town, uh, I will come right about school time and sometimes traffic's flowing. Sometimes all traffic is stopped. And I'm trying to see, and there's this little six foot nine, 100 pound soaking wet police officer with his hand up, stopping all traffic. And I'm thinking, why don't somebody just ease up to him and run right over him? I mean, you could do it easy, right? You know why nobody does? It's not that six foot nine, 100 pound puny policeman that they're scared of. It's the uniform and the badge he wears that says there's a whole lot more of them that he is representing their authority so he can step out in the middle in the front of an 18 wheeler, foot up his hand, and that 18 wheeler will stop. 
And God is saying, so if you will come under my authority, if you will come under the instructions of my word in the area of your life where it's not working, suddenly you will have authority and the devil will know it. And when you begin to speak, he's not running from you. He's running from the God that you're representing in that area of your life. And what was defeated will become victorious in your life. Okay, so he says this. He says, verse number eight, so come close to the one true God and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you've dirtied them in sin. Cleanse your heart because your mind is split down the middle. Your love for God on one side and your own selfish pursuits on the other. In other words, your heart's divided, your loyalty's divided. You used to be God, man, nothing could keep you out of the house of God. Now it's kind of, on the calendar if nothing more important comes up. Oh, I know, you're here, I'm sorry. How do you know? God says you come close. You gotta make a move. God is saying, if you'll move toward me, I'll move toward you. I'll get involved. Wherever you put me first, wherever you put me first, I'll get involved. Watch, he says it like this. In Proverbs chapter three and verse number six, I love this verse of scripture. He says, in everything you do, everybody shout everything. Oh, come on, you can do it louder than that. Shout everything. I looked it up in the original Hebrew. You know what it means? Everything. In everything you do, put God first and he will direct you. Watch this. And he will crown your efforts with success. Wherever it's not working in your life, if you'll get God first in that area of your life again, everything will begin to fall into place because God will get involved. So how do we do that? How do we know it? Well, you gotta put God first every day, not just on Sunday, but every day. Remember he said, take up your cross, lay down your own way daily. I'll tell you how I do this. You don't have to do it like me, but I'll tell you how I do it. And, and it wasn't easy, it was a struggle, but now, I've, now it's become a great delight. I get up every morning, a little over an hour before my wife does. And I do that on purpose because I truly want God to be first. I want God to be the first person I talk to every day. I want him to be the first person I talk to. So I get up and I just thank him. I had a bed to sleep in, a roof over my head, and uh, that I got food in the pantry, and I got a truck to drive with gas in, I got clothes to wear, and I got a toilet that'll flush all that stuff away. Come on, everybody. Hey, that's a blessing. And I just say, God, this is the day you've made. I got a job to go to. I got to take the kids to ball. I got responsibilities. But first and foremost, God, I want you to crown my efforts today. I want to please you. I want what I do today to make a lasting impact. I don't want to just get a paycheck. Thank you, God, for going with me today. Some, something happens. Let me tell you, it doesn't have to be long. doesn't have to be long, five minutes or 45 minutes. That's up to you talking to God. But I have found this. When I connect with God in the morning, I have confidence from God all through the day. In other words, emergencies still come up. Problems still arise I don't know what to do about. But instead of losing it and reacting out of fear and responding out of anxiety and having panic attacks, there is this deep peace, this confidence inside that I've already committed today to God. So God is gonna show up when I need him. He's gonna make everything work together for my good and it's gonna bring him glory. And then, and then, before I ever open a text, before I ever read an email, I open my Bible. I use the one-year Bible. I don't even have to wonder what I'm going to read. It's dated. I just turned to February the 19th, and there's the scriptures I'm going to read. It takes me about 20 minutes. See, before I read anybody else's text, I want to read God's text. 
That's how I keep him first. So I talk to God. He talks back to me, and I'm ready, and I do it every day. And, and God is asking you to do that. Do it every day, not on Sunday. Find a way to do that. Now, it may mean you got to go to bed earlier tonight. You can't watch as much Hulu or Netflix tonight. Come on, somebody. And every night, you're going to have to rearrange. When God created the heavens and the earth, watch this. He created the evening and then the morning. So if you want to put God first in the morning, you got to do something different tonight. And if you will put God first, God will begin to show up in your life every day. And then put God at first at the beginning of every week. You say, I got that one down. Come on, everybody. Come on. Give me a wave. Come on, everybody. Give me a wave. I'm here. But really, really and truly, though, if we're honest, can we be honest for just a minute? And then I'll leave, okay? If we'll be honest for just a minute. You, you didn't come in here thinking, I'm putting God first. First of my week. I'm going to put God first so that the rest of my week will be blessed by God. If you're honest, you came in here today thinking, this is the last day of my weekend. I hope church doesn't go over. I got a lot to do that I didn't get done yesterday, and Monday's coming. How did I know that? You see, you got to shift your thinking, and you got to shift your understanding and say, you know what, come hell or high water, I may not have got everything done yesterday, but on Sunday, the first day of every week, I'm going to put God first. I'm going to show up in his house, and if I will put God first, I don't know what Monday through Saturday is going to bring, but God made me a promise that if I put him first, he'll show up Monday through Saturday in my life. And let me say this, let me say this. Here's what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Watch this. God's word says it like this. And let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. Everybody say that out loud with me. Let us consider one another. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. He, he says, church isn't about you. It's not about you. You, see, you say, well, I don't need church every Sunday. It's not about you. He said, I want you to get together on Sunday, not for you, but for other people. I want you to serve people. I want you to encourage people. I want you to be there and care about other people. Uh, so the song that you like, we didn't sing this morning. So it's too hot. It's too cold. It's too loud. It's too quiet. It's too bright. It's too dark. I don't like it when they do that. That wasn't a good sermon. You big old baby, you. Grow up. You don't get everything that way. On your job, you don't even get it that way in your home. Mature. I don't care how long you've been born again. You're a child of God. And that word assemble, that word assemble, that word assemble doesn't mean just because you're sitting in a seat this morning, you've done what that scripture says. See, I, I, got, a, I got a thousand piece puzzle here. It's a jigsaw puzzle, thousand pieces. They're all in the same box. They're here. They're, here they are. They're here, but they're not assembled. That's why you don't get out of the church. You don't get out of the sermon what everybody else gets. You don't get out of the worship what everybody gets because you have not found your place to fit in this house. See, it's not just attending, it's assembling. It's discovering your gifts and your personality. It's coming to discover the division. It, it, it means I'm gonna not just show up, I'm gonna sign up and I'm gonna serve. Right now, somebody's keeping your little angels back there that's acting like devils and, and they're, they're, 
They're, they're changing your baby's diapers. They greeted you coming in the door. They served you coffee. Somebody got here early and somebody's going to stay late. And you know what? While you're sitting here enjoying the worship and the preaching of the word, so you should have been here the first service back there keeping somebody else's baby and opening the door for somebody else so that somebody else could experience this. That's what assembling. Consider one another. Consider one another. And until you do, you are hindering the big vision that God has for this church. Until the pieces are put together, you will never see what God intended for the king's house to be a city set on a hill to cover the, this whole region with the grace and the glory of God. You've got to sign up. You've got to show up. You've got to serve. You've got to become a part and be who God called you to be in and with and through this house. And as you do, the big picture God had planned for the king house will shine bright as a light. Now, now, this series is with all my heart. So I skipped a verse I want to go back to. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, Jesus was talking about this. He was talking about it. And, and he was talking about money. He was talking about money. Don't, don't, don't get upset. You don't get upset at Walmart when they ask you for money. Don't, don't get upset. You don't get upset at the movie theater when they ask you for money. You don't get upset. Oh, oh, I see. So you're thinking, yeah, but I'm getting something for that. Is that your thought? Is that where God is becoming your life? He says, wherever your treasure, everybody shout treasure. Now, he is talking about money, but let me tell you something. Your treasure, I believe your number one treasure is your time. It's greater than money in your life. In fact, in fact, I know that because you used to mow your grass, now you pay somebody else to mow it because you want the time. You used to wash your car, take you an hour. Now you take it down and take it through a, a car wash and let them detail it and pay them your money because your time is more important to you than your money. And what Jesus is saying here, he knows about us. He created us. And what he is saying, he did not say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Although that's true. If you want to know what my number one priority is, look at my, my checking account and look at my calendar because where I put my most time and my most money is what's number one in my life. But that's not what Jesus said. He knows us. He said, I know if you want your heart to be somewhere, you've got to first put your treasure there. If you put your treasure there, your heart will be sure, certain that your heart will be there too. In other words, you start with a duty, but then God says, if you do it, it'll become a delight and your heart will follow your time and your Number three, and I close with this one. Put God first at the beginning of every pay period. I don't care if it's weekly. I don't care if it's bi-monthly. I don't care if it's monthly. Whenever you get a paycheck, put God first. And I know why some of you are struggling. It's called tithe. Tithe, that's a Bible word. What it literally means is it just simply means 10%, which means we don't all give the same amount, but we all make the same sacrifice, equal sacrifice. And we're not giving it to this church. You're not giving it to the pastoral team. You're, you're not giving it to a building. L listen to me. Listen to me. You, some of you, you deposit your check over your phone. You take a picture of it on your kitchen table, but it ends up in your bank account. Or you put it in one of them little tubes and, and it ends up in your bank account. All this is is your depository. 
This is where you bring it. But then it flows out of here and runs those vans and those buses and supports Celebrate Recovery and is building these homes. Come on, everybody. That's where your money's going. It's going to make a lasting impact. It's the only thing you can really take to heaven with you when you go. And it's, it's not a financial. Tithing is not a financial transaction. It's a faith transaction. When you, it, it, when you will, will put your faith out there, when, when, when you will say, God, I'm putting my faith in you, I promise you, you will experience the faithfulness of God back in your life. See, see it, it's not a, a, a faith a money transaction, a financial transaction. It's a heart transformation. Jesus promised your heart will follow. Wherever you want your heart to be, put your time, put your treasures there and your heart, it'll transform your heart. Oh, it'll be hard a couple of times, but it'll get easier because you realize what you're doing for the kingdom of God. I was in Delaware two, two, three weeks ago. I was preaching on generosity and I walked out in the lobby after the service and a man walked up to me. I'd never met him. He'd never met me. He walked up with a smile and he said, hey, preacher. He said, I, said, I need you to pray for me. I said, okay, man, I will. He said, man, he said, I used to be a faithful tither and I, and, and I, loved, I loved God. He said, but my business has grown so much. He said, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm struggling writing that check. He said, I need you to pray for me. I smiled and I said, can I pray right now? He said, yeah. I put my hand on his shoulder, people's milling all around us. I said, God, you heard this brother. So I'm just asking you right now, take his business back down to the place that he's comfortable tithing again. He jerked away, he smiled at me. He said, no, don't pray that way. I said, well, you asked me to pray that God would help you. <laughs> See, what's wrong with some of us is we've got so much we've added to our life all the bells and the whistles and the Disney and the, and the travel ball and the, all the apple, apple, apple. Have you ever noticed apple has a bite out of it? See, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. Okay. Are you with me? See, here's what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 14. Here's what it says. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always, read it out loud with me, to put in your life. See, God's using it to teach you. He knows if you'll do it, your heart will shift. You understand that? Hey, I looked up always in the original Hebrew. You know what it means? Always, always and in all ways. In your marriage, as a father, as a mother, as a business owner, as an employee, put God first and keep God first. Now, whew, you know what that means today? You know what it means for you today? And you'll try to shrug this off. I understand I would be too. You know, it's tough. This is, this is the gospel. You know, Jesus said, you, you got to give up your own ways. Take up your cross daily. The very next verse after that, he says it just like this in, in Luke chapter 9, verse 24. Watch this. Jesus is talking again. Can we, there he goes. Now, if you try to hang on, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. The stress is mounting. You're still paying off last year's vacation. The financial stress you're under, the time you're shuffling your kids one place, your spouse is shuffling their, the other kids someplace. 
And you're lying to yourself. You're telling yourself you're spending time with your kids. You're not. You're in the stand talking to other parents. You don't even know what your child's doing on the field. See, it's the culture. Just like when James was writing. It's the culture has pressed us into a mold. And we're living so stressed out. If you try to hang on it, depression will get a hold of your life. You'll lose it. Panic attacks will get a hold of your life. Bankruptcy. Divorce. But, watch what he says. Watch what he says here. But if you give up, if you give up, something's got to go. Something has to go. I mean, I mean, sports is good, but one is enough per child. Because I'm going to be honest with you. He's probably not going to make it to the NFL. I'm just being real. I know some do, and yours is going to be the one. Probably not. <laughs> and when he gets there, what's he going to do? Because you've taught him to put ball first. I, I, I'm, I'm talking real. You're not going to be able to shake it. I'm going to tell you why. About 1 o'clock, I'm getting in my car. I'm starting a nine-hour drive home, and I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit will hound you like a hound dog. I do. And he'll bring back, not, not my antics, not my illustration. Well, maybe my illustration pretty good. Listen to me. It's not because God wants something from you. It's because God wants something for you. He wants you to put the broom away, pull out the vacuum cleaner, get off the bike, ride the Harley. He wants to supercharge your life and crown your efforts with success. He sees your stress. He sees your struggle. And he's asking you today, what are you going to sit down at dinner and talk to your spouse and say, look, we got to make some changes. You may have to sell the new, latest, greatest car and buy a used one so you can start putting God first with your money. Hey, you may act, God may actually ask you to sell that big fancy house that you don't use 10 rooms of and move in a house that makes sense where you can put his kingdom. God wouldn't do that. Yes, he would. And you know what? Right now he is. He's asking you, what are you going to lay aside? What are you going to give up to put God first in your life? Who are you going to give up to put God first in your life? And I love you. Thank you for being, you, you've been so receptive. But listen, you may be here today. You came because she won't go out with you unless you do. Or he drug you here, or maybe you're here because you realized, man, my way ain't working. I'm maxed out, I'm stressed out, on the verge of bankruptcy, on the verge of divorce. I, let me tell you something, 2,000 years ago, God saw this very day, so he sent his own son, Jesus, to die on a cross to pay for every mistake. Did you see that song? To pay for every sin, to pay for every rebellious choice, every stubborn act you've ever done in your life so you could be free from it. And then Jesus rose from the dead so that grace could flow in your life and God could crown your life with success and take you to a whole new dimension in your marriage, in your relationships, in your business, in your schooling, in every area of your life. But you got to follow him. And that means letting go of some things. First, you got to come to Jesus. 
Maybe you've never done that. I'm going to ask you to do this. Every head bow, every eye closed for just one moment. If right now you're saying, boy, Frankie, you're right. I need to be rescued. I need a Savior. I want Jesus into my life. I need him. I want to lay down my life for him. My life ain't working. And I want to receive the love of God in my life. If that's where you are today, today you want to accept Christ. You want to lay your life down for him and live the rest of your life for him. Then I'm going to count to three. And when I do, I want you to put your hand high in the air and just hold it there for just a moment. You're not just responding to a preacher. You're responding to God. You're showing God, God, today, I want to lay my life down. I want to take up my cross today. Jesus took his up today. I want to take mine up. I want Jesus to forgive me of my sin. Are you ready? Left to right, front to back. One, two, three. Put your hand high right now. God bless you all. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Just keep them up a minute. God bless you. 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 Both of you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. In the back. In the back. God bless you. Over here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes. All the way on the back corner, I see you. God bless both of you. God bless you. God bless you. Just put your hands down, heads bowed, eyes closed. Just say this in your heart to God right now. Say, God, thank you for loving me. When I was unlovable, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay for all the stupid, stubborn, rebellious things in my life. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Forgive me. I've been so stubborn and rebellious. Forgive me. Thank you for rising from the dead to give me power. I welcome your presence into my life. I invite you in right now. I want to live the rest of my life for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for saving me. In the name of your Son and my resurrected King, Jesus, amen, amen. About 33 people just gave their heart to Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody. 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 Let me do one more thing. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Heads bowed, eyes closed one more time. I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to people all over this room. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I do believe you need, you need to act now. You need to act now because there's an enemy of your soul that's going to try to keep you from acting. And on the other side of, of obedience, today there are great miracles waiting for you. But you got to go first. Left to right, front to back, heads bowed. If you know God is speaking to you today and you want to just say, God, I hear you and I'm going to respond. I'm going to make some changes, God, today. If that's you, will you just lift your hand up all over this building right now? All over this building, all over this building, all over this building. Let's everybody put our hands in the air. Father, I pray the spirit of God, the brooding breath of your presence to flow over every man, every woman, every young person, every senior citizen, in every marriage and over every family right now with the grace of God, with the faith and the courage to say yes to whatever you ask them to do. God, I pray when they leave here today, their life is going to change and their future is going to be transformed because they've laid down their life I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Again, everybody shouted amen. Give God a great big praise. Sorry.
Thanks for joining our podcast today. If you are ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of The King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving. Or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompt sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, we meet every week at 124 V. Huber Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before arriving on the Sunday of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages, and we look forward to seeing you soon.